welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode thir- 39? No, 93. <laughs> <laughs> it's off to a good start already. Episode 93 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. That's me. You are also here with Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Well, hey. Yeah. Classic, classic Fret Talk. Um, so, I can't see you. You can't see me. This is a... This is a strange one, this one is, isn't it? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, but, the show must go on. Um, so, how you been, Matt? What's, what have you been up to? Yeah, yeah, been good. Um, for probably the first time in God knows how many months, I've been up to a lot. Shit. Go on. I, uh... So, if we go back to the most, or the thing I did closest to the last recording of the podcast was I had my first... Uh, practice with a new band. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, so I went along, and I'm the only guitarist. They didn't have any sort of... They're going to get somebody in to sing, but we haven't got anybody yet. But um, the keyboardist just did some... He does some backing vocals, so he just said, I'll sing along, just yeah. so we can sort of have things to, to lock in with. And we went through about 10 or 12 songs, which was quite good. Um, they're all... Fairly experienced musicians. One of them's a classically trained concert pianist who now does his hand at um, keyboards. Um, Shit, man. The the bassist has been playing bass in bands since 1959. <laughs> so he's got a fair bit of experience behind him. That's um, it, yeah. Yeah, um, and they were really happy with me. Um, I really enjoyed myself. Uh, I, basically, we went in. We I, we started. We did Mr. Blue Sky. Um, we then did a couple of other the other numbers, and then um, I'd said it wasn't on their list, but they'd asked me to think of one song to do, and I said Red House. Um, so Hell they just yeah. said, "Tell me a key," and I said, "Well, I I normally play along to Hendrix's version, so B flat." So they went right, okay, and we did that, and. Every single one of us really enjoyed it to the point where, although we'll use some of the old set, I think we're probably going to end up playing a lot of blues. Um, and the other thing is, although the bassist is a bassist through and through, he's also quite a big guitarist as well. Um, and he kept asking me questions about my pedal board and he was talking about pedals that he's got from his guitar rig. And we basically went to the pub after the... The, the practice and stayed there for another hour and a half just chatting about gear and it was just a really really good experience really enjoyed myself that's uh that's just a completely wholesome and positive story that is it's what music going out and playing music should be about isn't it really yeah i mean i i was really nervous um i knew some of the guys were were, were talented musicians the the guy who's keyboardist who, who like i say he's classically trained and um, we have a thing over here called the guild where you basically it all a load of local musicians enter a competition against each other they all play the same piece and use their instruments so there's like flute bits there's p- piano bits there's bits of all, all sorts of different types and he's won like the guild the, the pianist has won the guild 10 times in the last 20 years Okay. So he's he's like critically acclaimed by the high ups locally and stuff. So I, I was really nervous going in. They made me feel really welcome. They didn't even comment on the fact that I was twenty years younger than any of them, and 
nearly 50 years younger than the bassist. Um, everybody just wanted to have a good time playing music and all of us really enjoyed it because of that. It was just a, a fantastic experience. It's also a, a, a real kind of confidence boost for yourself as well, isn't it? The fact that these guys are like almost hundreds of, uh, like hundred years worth of experience between them being critically acclaimed musicians and have been in bands since they were probably younger than your age. And they're, they're saying, yeah, this is the guy that we want playing guitar in our band as well. It is. It's, it's, it's really good. um, I'm just absolutely sort of well up for it. Um, They made me feel at home and I, I just, yeah, like I say, loved every minute of it. It makes me feel, made me feel good. Um, It's just a, a really, really, positive positive thing that kind of happened on a, on a Wednesday night yeah it was awesome there's not not much else that happens on a Wednesday night is there really no no um, I mean the, I mean we've got to wait a couple of weeks for another practice because a couple of the guys are in a, a local um, sort of Amdram society uh, they're doing a, a Monty Python stage show and um, so It'll be a few weeks before I get to play with them again, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. Fair play, fair play. So, uh, have you been up to up to any other shenanigans this week? Yeah. So then, um, obviously, we we had um, bank holiday weekend, um, and on the Monday, I, I mentioned probably six months ago at this point where. Um, I'd been contacted with a girl, by a girl I know on Facebook, and she was talking about um, wanting to do an open mic, but she can't play an instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioning this actually? Yeah. So I managed to talk her into going into an open mic. Finally, she's somebody who's not got the most self confidence. Oh, she's not got any self confidence, basically. Um, yeah. And the reason she wanted to do this was because she wanted to perform in public and sort help herself build on that. And I managed to get her to finally go to an open mic on Monday. Um, we did three songs. So all I've been doing is basically sh- whatever songs she wants to sing, I'll learn them on the guitar. Then we'll meet up, you know, have play through them a few times. If she's out out anywhere, I've not been kind of overly critical, but you know, pointing yeah. out where things things aren't working and stuff. Um, the three songs we ended up doing were really weird choices for female vocalists so we did Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana yeah um, she's quite quite into Evanescence and Amy Lee did a version um, that okay. she enjoys um, so we did that we did Paramore's version of My Hero by the Foo Fighters which is in a different key but again okay. worked really well and then Paramore's version of Love's Not a Competition by the Kaiser Chiefs that's not a tune that I'm familiar with, but it's off their second album. Um, it was—I don't think it was one of the singles, but um, yeah, Paramore did it in the live lounge, and you know, okay, yeah, she yeah. sent it. She sent it through to me on, on a YouTube video and just said, "I really yeah. like this. Can we have a go at it?" And we did, and um, it went down really well. We went to an open mic where I knew the guy who was running it. Um, I knew the audience that was going to be there would be supportive. She did really well. There was a couple of times where she hit some dodgy notes, but every but everybody does. Um, she did really well. And um, there's a couple of videos floating around. I'll try and remember to share them in the podcast group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm just I'm so proud of her for for you know overcoming that kind of obstacle. She really enjoyed herself, and we're going to do some more soon. So yeah, 
Check you out, Mister uh, Mister Supportive. <laughs> but again, it's 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 a testament to kind of the the magic that music uh, music does have. That you can take people who are not necessarily the most confident people and give them that that boost and that that inspiration to want to want to challenge themselves as well. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the like. They basically happened almost a week apart. Obviously, there was like two days difference, but you know, in that kind of five day span, I had kind of like the highs of myself being accepted into what I see as a, a group of very talented musicians, and then mm-hmm. I was able to then help somebody who didn't feel confident in herself become more confident. And it's just it's it's a testament to how music can just make anybody feel better. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely. A- <coughs> It's a it's a force for good, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of music. If uh, if that hasn't come across already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, th- those those are absolutely awesome awesome things to have done. I um, I feel very self centered with mentioning what I've done. Because <laughs> yeah, it's all all about me rather than anything. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, if you, if you want me, if you want me to kind of like just jam something in there, so you so you seem less self centered. I've finally, <laughs> finally, um, in, finally um, tried the Les Paul with the P nineties in a band situation with oh, my yeah. normal band um, at practice on Wednesday night, and then shortly before the the podcast recording, I've been setting up for tomorrow night's gig, and I've been using using that. And fuck me, those Fletchers are brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Just... I, I, I try, I, I try not to come across as as being extremely biased when it comes to Fletcher pickups, but I know it, it must, it must come across that I'm, I'm just shilling his products. But it's, it's not through through any kind of brand motivation. It is literally just the fact that they are really good. Um. And I used to be like hugely loyal to Damasio, uh, Damasio pickups, um, and I've all but taken out pretty much all of the Damasio pickups that I've got in uh, in my guitars and replaced them with Fletchers. Yeah, so that's a testament to it. Yeah, and I, I, when we started doing the podcast, if anybody's been listening that long or goes to listen to the back catalogue, I'd never heard Fletch pickups in the flesh. I'd heard obviously you playing them through, you know, various videos on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, it it doesn't do them justice. Even the even the sound demos on the website, they're as good as you're going to get online. But the only way to hear whether the pickups are as good as people say they are is yeah, to hear them trying. in the flesh. It's the same with anything else. You you have to try them yourself in your own setup, and th- I've now got two different sets. I've got the the blends in my SG, and I've got these P nineties in this vintage Les Paul, and they just just fantastic. I I can't say anything highly enough about them. the The way they sit in the mix, um, obviously P nineties are not something that I've ever used live before. It's or sorry, decent P nineties are not something I've ever used live before. <laughs> I've used PRS as soap bars from the SE range and they're fucking awful. Yeah, but let's not talk about them again. The these Probably. just absolutely perfect. The the bridge P ninety is exactly what you think a bridge P ninety should sound like. It's it 
You know, yeah, it cuts, got... but it's not too brittle. Yeah, it's got a snarl and honk, but, but yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have the like ridiculous top end. Um, yeah, and then you've got that beautiful, that kind of hollowness in the neck neck position with the uh, like bell like. And I'm just throwing buzzwords at it there, <laughs> um, but it, they, I mean, uh, yeah, cause I think the uh, there were an Al Nico five set that you've got, um, and the neck pickup is very similar to the one that I've got in the Revelation, uh, and the, yeah, like you say, it's just yeah, they are phenomenal. And for the first time ever, I'm actually using the volume knobs in the middle position. To create a whole different tone, like I'm, I'm a cretin. I'm, I'll happily <laughs> admit this. I'm normally a volume all the way up, tone all the way up, stick it on one, on one pickup. But I've taught myself how to do tone, like and without using tone knobs necessarily. Like I will use the tone knobs as well, but like just blend blending those two pickups together to kind of get a little bit of cut. But with the warmth of the neck pickup as well, just by like having either more of the bridge or more of the neck in that middle position, and yeah, just, I, I, yeah, I, I just love the pickups. I, I love the guitar as well. Like, I've, I've, I did a bit of my own setup, so I've, for the first time ever, actually touched the truss rod, um, and I did well all, all the rest of the well setup. Done. I've got it at because when obviously. When I, I I buy a lot of lower end guitars, nothing yeah. has ever got intonation set up or the, the the saddle heights in the right place. I'm I'm fairly good at doing that, but when it comes to um, yeah, the actual set of rods, yes, yeah, rods and yeah, I, I've I've always kind of stayed away from it, but I've done it, and to me it feels great. It when when people talk about you know you hold the first fret and the twelfth fret and have a tiny little bit of movement halfway between and yeah I've, I've actually learned how yeah. to do that myself or taught myself how to do that it plays nicely the other guitarist in my band commented that it played nicely so yeah I've just got you one yeah and I can't wait to gig with it tomorrow night and uh speaking of uh Fletch P90s um I've uh, I, I had a little visit to to Mr Fletch over this week uh <laughs> So, uh, for for the the podcast group, I think he shared it on the podcast group. If not, he he shared it uh, he shared it with our little group uh, that I, I'd had his <laughs> um, his Harley Benton for a bit bit longer than he he had perhaps anticipated, um, as well as another couple of guitars uh, of his. Uh, so I I went to visit him um, to to hand him back these guitars and. He happened to have my uh, my weird kind of snot burst SG um, with some new P90s in it, um, and they are they're based on the like original Gibson staple P90s, um, and yeah, I've I've had a quick uh, a quick chance to to have a go uh, at them. Through an amp that I weren't particularly familiar with, um, and they sounded uh, pretty fucking good. Um, but we'll be getting some uh, some kind of sound demos up um, 
of of that and a few other uh, a few other Fletcher um, Fletcher pickups very soon. Yeah, I've got I've got got a few in the the pipeline. Uh, I think I shared also the fact that um, my old Ibanez RGR um, he's he's put some some rather childish um, humbuckers in there. Right. So uh, he's he's now started experimenting with blade um, blade pickups, uh, and I, I believe he's doing uh, doing a range of them. But I don't I'm I'm not fully au fait with uh, with the uh, the range that he's doing. But the ones that he's given me are something a bit a bit new and a bit strange. So they're, they're like dual blades, uh, so like a blade per per coil, if you will, rather than like the the dual blade yeah. single coils, which are kind of two blades on a on on one bobbin. So it's just your, yeah. your kind of standard uh, standard single blade. Um, but they're they're um, Alnico six magnets. Um, which I don't think I've ever played before. Um, so apparently, so according to, I don't to, think I've ever heard of an Alnico six. Yeah, you usually get you usually get two, two three, or five. five yeah, yeah. Fours are uncommon. Um, threes aren't particularly common. It's usually two or five, to be fair. Um, but six, according to Fletch, are very characteristically similar to fives. But like they're on steroids, so like right. well overpowered fives. Um, so I'm I'm very very much looking forward to to trying these uh, because the the last uh, last set that he he uh, asked me to try, which were uh, uncommon, were uh, a, a neodymium um, magnet bridge pickup, which was. Like ridiculously powerful, the like ceramic pickups, but with the dynamics of a uh, an Alnico pickup, um, and with that was paired with an Alnico eight uh, neck pickup, <laughs> and they were they were fire breathing monsters, but they they <laughs> bluesed really well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm expecting to. Uh, to use these uh, Alnico six fire breathing Alnico fives, uh, and do some really tasteful blues with them. <laughs> I always, of course, you are. Well, they, they, they don't call me the blues pedal chap for nothing. Hang on, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I, uh, I I sense a rebranding. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> blues playing chap. Um, but yeah, I, I had. I haven't had a chance to plug them in yet, but I had a quick go on the the RG uh, RGR because I haven't had a, had had a chance to play that in in a long time, um, and it's it's a really comfortable guitar. I forget how how comfortable it is, and it just it it encourages me to play tasteful stuff. Which if you've ever looked at them, these RGRs because they're like reverse headstock RGs. And they usually come in like black, which this one does. It's like black with a uh, like a faux binding around it. It looks metal as fuck. There's there's no other. Oh, the fact that you put P90s in it. Well, the, the, this is a different one. This is. This oh, is this yeah. not that one? No, no, because that one that one's midnight blue, which is kind of sparkly, right, okay. 
sparkly purple, pretty much. This one's just a black RG with a reverse headstock. Um, so yeah, really metal looking. I bought it originally to be my guitar for Drop D, uh, and I'd ripped out all the electronics and was just going to have a bridge pickup in it because I was playing some. I was playing in a metal band at the time. Um, yeah, but then <laughs> that never happened. I, <laughs> I liked the guitar too much and just thought, no, it's a, it's a crying shame just having this as a a jugger jugger machine. Uh, so I ended up saving it. I've done that a few times before. Bought a, bought a guitar and gone, right, this will be me drop tuning guitar. And then gone, actually, I like this guitar. It'll stay a standard tuning. That's it. Um, but speaking of uh, speaking of weird tunings as well, uh, I had a crack at your uh, your challenge as well, didn't I? You did? Your challenge. So your challenge for this month, and by the time this comes out, the month will probably be over. I don't, I'm not entirely no. sure. Is it not quite? No. It, well, it's Friday today and it's the 26th, so Monday oh, will be the 30th. There you go. So not far off at all. But 29th as, even. Yeah, so it's essentially for for this month it was uh, Down Down by Status Quo. It was. Um, and the, the reason for choosing that uh, partly was for your... Uh, because it's one of your your new band's songs, so it makes it slightly easier yep. on yourself. Um, but also the fact that it's in a weird tuning. Um, yep. So we thought, why not make things a bit more exciting rather than just going for, <coughs> here's a blues solo, here's a rock solo. <laughs> okay, yeah, here's... And it was very much focused on the uh, on nailing the rhythm and getting getting all these fancy... Um, different, uh, different flavors from the same kind of thing, uh, and using an alternative tuning really does do that. And I've shied away from it in the past because uh, I figure if I've not mastered <laughs> standard tuning yet, I shouldn't be shouldn't be trying things on alternative tunings. But <laughs> you'd be really surprised how like how the the tuning inspires you in different ways because uh, i was trying to figure out uh trying to figure out the tune i was like hitting on some really interesting sounds as well myself uh so yeah. it's potentially something that i'd uh explore a little bit more for for some writing purposes uh but i did i, I got my head down and focused on it and uh learn a fair amount of the component parts to the song um, so I learnt the the intro y bit, um, and then the the kind of the twelve bar ish chord progression with with the added embellishments as well. Um and it was it was really, really interesting. I found it like really inspiring to uh, to play in that tuning. Um I obviously didn't tune a guitar to <laughs> to open G myself. Uh I got the Variax to do all the hard work for me. Um, and the the great thing about that as well was um, the like playing with the um, playing with the guitar selection as well, um, and I, I I went pretty standard. I went for the Telecaster. Uh, you said that you you went for the Telecaster when you were doing it as well, didn't you, Matt? But we we differed on opinion on on where we went with it, didn't we? I've picked the the bridge pickup. 
Whereas I think you said you're you're not sure whether you went for one of the wide range or whether you went for the mid position. Is that right? Yeah. So I I initially started on the bridge the bridge pickup because thinking status quo. You're thinking like really kind of really toppy, cutting through the mix, piercing rock tone. Um, but I found it it was a bit uh, a bit too brash. Um, so I think I set it in the middle uh, middle position. Uh, it might even have been the the wide range humbucker setting, uh, but yeah, I, I, the the tone that I got on it really uh, it really inspired me with the uh, the status quo sound as well. Yeah, it, for me the Variax is quite an easy one to get that status quo sound. Obviously, I, like I did stay on the bridge pickup, and we discussed before the cast. I like to set my amps very warm, even for bridge. So even when I'm on a bridge pickup, it's not as piercing. It's quite well rounded. So I think that's probably why I ended up with a different pickup selection to you, because obviously you were saying you you quite like a lot of treble, whereas I kind of shelve it. So although I'm in the top boost channel of my box, I have the treble at like nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So it it does sound like we um, we differ in the ways that we kind of approach uh approach our our base sound because yeah like I, for this example i was going through the uh the ht5 uh, which i, I often use as more practice amp um relatively low gain believe it or not um so i think i was probably only on, on about maybe two or three on the gain channel because the the ht5s do go up to to quite a lot of gain um yeah but the um it the mid and the the treble were kind of one o'clock maybe yeah uh so definitely definitely cutting through and the bass was cut the the bass was maybe maybe like 10 o'clock maybe even nine forty-five. Yeah, yeah, we definitely differ because I tend to have the bass up at about one o'clock. <clears throat> I don't have any mid on the um, on the Vox, and because it's a very mid pushed amp, they don't they don't, they don't they only a two band EQ, so I have the bass kind of pushed to about one o'clock, and mm. the the treble down to usually between nine and ten, but nearer the nine side. Yeah, it's crazy, uh, <laughs> but it's it's again horses for courses, isn't it? And yeah, but yeah, like once once you kind of get, you, you obviously you have to use a Telecaster. It's a um, it's a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, I know. Oh, there's, there's two guitars in this. The other guitar is actually a Les Paul. Okay, F- forget about that. Forget about that. But yeah, um, the the one that you hear more, most often is yeah. the one that's doing all the is is obviously a re- really jangly ringing telly sound, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, and it, it it serves to kind of be prominent in the in the mix, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you if you listen quite hard, I mean, I I only know it's a Les Paul because I watched the the video, but then listening to it after knowing that, you you kind of tell that there is something that's a bit chunkier, yeah, sitting further back in the mix. It's not it, it's it's not quieter. It's just not as present. I've Done, like I've been doing a, a a bit of recording recently, and I found that the mix between a Telecaster and a and a humbuckered guitar. I, I've been using my Les Paul actually, 
But that mix between a telly and a and a and a Les Paul is absolutely fucking magical. Yeah. They they yeah. complement each other so well. <coughs> um, but it's not the only um, not the only challenge thing that I've done as well, is it? Because the second month that we uh, that we did it, it was still in love with you and. Although I had practiced it, uh, I don't think I actually recorded it for our group. So I did both within a very short succession. Um, part of the, part of the reason I didn't do the uh, do still in the review is because I couldn't get a backing track as to play <laughs> as well as recording it. So yeah. so I just didn't bother and just did it from <laughs> memory. Um, to which. I played it back and tried to play back into it. I am not in time whatsoever, but <laughs> you get the idea. You get the idea. Yeah. Um, and when I was playing to the, because I, I've got a, um, a a backing track which is in standard tuning, um, and when I was playing along with that, it it was fine. Like the timing was fine. Um, yeah, like. It reminded me how rusty I was, even only after a month of not playing it. How rusty I was on the on that. I I did it much better, but hey ho. Um, yeah. It was really unfortunate that um, after I'd recorded down down, pretty much like five minutes afterwards, uh, my Variax had run out of battery because I would have really loved the 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 thick Les Paul neck pickup tone that um, was yeah. all over. Um, all over still in love with you but I it, I ended up um, using the the Variax single coil sound and although it definitely wasn't a Les Paul sound it sounded banging it sounded really good yeah that's one thing I forgot to mention when I started I, would, I, I rehearsed with a new band is I used the Variax because of the the drop tune and we did Down Down as one of the songs that we went through. Yeah. And they got really confused when I went from a telly sound with that <laughs> to a Les Paul sound. And they were like, how yeah. does that guitar sound so different? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a Variax. And apparently one of the guitarists they, they'd had in the past, they'd had a Variax and they went, oh, right, okay. And yeah. then they kind of got it. So, yeah. but yeah, they were, they like, they, they just got, why does that now sound like a Les Paul when it sounded like a telly a second ago? Yeah. And I went, cause I changed, I, I moved this from there to there. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It is. Uh, but yeah. it, like, I, I've shown that technology to like, to modern guitarists as well. Like, people who are younger than me and it's confused the shit out of them as well so <laughs> this isn't like this isn't oh check out the old timers <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah no it, no not at all like it's it's legitimately it, it's a little club and if you're not if you're not like privy to that club you it's just it's like mad voodoo is <laughs> it's wizardry and like when I showed them like moving between the tunings, because obviously I I just done it myself, not even saying anything, and they were like, "So yeah. is that one of the ones that does the tuning?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." When we did down down, I was I wasn't in standard tuning. They were like, "But you didn't touch the tuning." And I went, the, the, "This this one does that for me. Watch." Yeah, and then rolled it down. Yeah, yeah. Because you get the if you roll the the tuning knob, it goes down in like semitone steps for a while, doesn't it? They go, do, 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 and then... It, it, brum, brum, it sort of... Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because it, it goes oh, yeah, drop standard, D. then drop D, Doo-doo-doo. then half step down, yeah. then drop D, half step down, then I think it's open, uh, oh, is it D standard tuning, and D then standard, it starts to yeah. go through the weird, the weird ones. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, open yeah, D, D, open G. Uh, yeah, it, D. It's like blues G and like there's another G, is it Rezo G or something like that? Yeah, I think it is blues G and Rezo G. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, I haven't been, there's, there's tunings past that that I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's loads of them. But I mean, like they were saying it was it it was fooling them. They they thought I'd gone from a telly sound to a Les Paul sound whilst playing a Strat. Um, and again, that's it's a and, testament to the the same quality of the guitar, isn't it? Yeah, and and what I did then was go, oh well, you know, it does acoustic sounds as well, and then played a bit of acoustic stuff, and then I went, oh, and here's a twelve string sound, and obviously because it's a twelve string, I did the intro to "Wish You Were Here," and now that's in the set list. <laughs> Banging! This technology bringing us together. Oh, we're gonna get strung up mainly by Stuart uh, by talking about the the Variax because I know. I know how much he... I'm uh, sorry, it's not a basic fuzz circuit, Stuart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Love you, really. That's it. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the very actually, it really, it really is a bit magic. Um, and I, I, keep, I keep telling people on, on, uh, on guitar groups and forums and, and, and whatnot, that like even if you took the Variax technology out of my standard, I would still be playing it because it's it's a really nice guitar. I used the magnetic pickups for half the time I was playing, and nobody commented that it sounded worse. It the, the magnetic pickups are brilliant. The guitars themselves, I mean, I, like I say, I've got the James Tyler one, so it's slightly more expensive than your one. And yeah, yeah. It, I, it, I I would say. It's the best feel for a guitar that I, I I own. It doesn't sit with me the same way as my the Cabernet does because I've been playing my Cabernet every gig for yeah you've put the time in with at this point. Whereas so that just feels natural to me. Whereas the the, the JTV just feels feels like a great guitar. Yeah, and that that that's it, isn't it? If they're they're very dependable. They're very um, very honest. You know what you you know what you're getting with them. Yeah, and it's a bit like the way that people uh, might describe PRS guitars in the fact that th- they're built really well and they're dependable. Um, but some people might look down upon them, saying, "Oh, it's it's not got character and it's not got soul." Yeah, and and. The the argument is that yeah that's that's what your your cabernet is there for for you or or my uh, number one go to yeah is is there for me because they've got that they've got that kind of that soul and that that little bit of fight back that makes you really respect them but it's not to the detriment of the uh, the JTV or the or the uh, very standard because they are good guitars. No, not at all. And like the other thing is, like all of us enjoy playing more than one instrument. Just because I favour the Cabernita and the the, the Variax doesn't mean I'm not going to pick up the other guitars that I have. Because I 
they all have different characteristics and I, I, I like them all for different reasons. Absolutely. And just because I've got a guitar that makes the sound of some of the other ones doesn't mean I'm not going to pick them up. Like the 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 R Billy stuff, the Rockabilly stuff on the um the Variax same type of pickups that's in my Cabernet. It doesn't mean that I've stopped using my Cabernet because I've got a Variax because yeah. at the end of the day you're always going to want something a, a bit of a change for Absolutely. the sake of change. I mean, I, I I find when I when I pick up my Les Paul, I'll play stuff that's completely different. It's a lot more rocky and a lot more kind of um, riff based than if I've picked up like one of my tellies. I'll I'll be yeah. a lot more kind of floaty and Hendrixian um, if I've got single calls rather than if I've got my Les Paul. Because the, the the like the sound of the pickups, the beefiness of the pickups, the feel of the neck, and it's just a bit bit chunkier and a bit wider. So they the the fact that you've got the different feels of the guitars and the different sounds make you respond in different ways to them as well. I find. Yeah. What else have I done this week? I'm sure I've done I'm sure I've done other things, but we we kind of uh, we're floating onto about forty minutes worth of uh, fret talk at the moment, and, <laughs> and we haven't mentioned anything. So let's go for some news. Go on, whatever whatever I haven't mentioned now, I'll do on the live cast on Sunday. Um, so yeah, the, I'll just put an apology that I wasn't on the live cast. I'm really sorry, but. It was the only time I could see Endgame in the first three weeks that it's out, so I I, I had to. I absolutely, absolutely, completely understand it. I've gone to see it today, and yeah, you absolutely need to see it. And if you are a listener and you haven't gone to see Endgame, then after this podcast, I'd suggest you do. Go, go, do it now. Um, so, news. News is a thing that we are going to do. Um, Yay! <laughs> woo! So being kind of in that weird, like bit before summer uh, and after winter, Nam, it, you don't tend to get a lot of news, do you? Uh, at this this kind of point. No, it's kind of in that that kind of weird lull where the winter the winter Nam stuff. You've had a couple of bits drop, but most of it is still not quite yet hit the stores. Then you've got nobody kind of leaking things for Summer Nam because it's a little bit too far away. It's just kind of in that kind of lull in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, it is It is a little bit. But fortunately, uh, MXR have kicked us off. They've thrown us a little life, uh, one of those life boys uh, right now. And, and they've, uh, they've, I think they've teasered it or is it, is it actually being released? Because I don't think I've got a price for them anyway. Uh, so I've not seen a price. I've seen pictures of it, but I've not seen a price. Yeah, so like kind of pre pre release stuff. Um, carbon copy. They're pretty pretty much one of the ubiquitous analog delay pedals. So much so that the uh, the the Joyo it is very much um, not even trying to mask the fact that it's ripping off a. Uh, uh, carbon copy um, so carbon copy uh, MXR they're now doing a mini version which can only be a good thing can't it really uh, so yeah yeah. It's, it's kind of 
one of the ones that everybody knows, even if you're only a casual guitarist, you've heard of the Carbon Copy as a delay pedal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think MXR have done it in a really clever way. So they started off with their kind of mini line by doing the Phase 95, I believe was the first one that they did. Which, when you think of like iconic MXR pedals, it don't get much more iconic than the Phase 90. And the variants nope. thereof, like the Phase 45, the Phase 100. They, that one knob uh, orange enclosured uh, MXR pedal is pretty, pretty ubiquitous. And the fact that they released that, but with all of the options, like the, the, the switching for it as well, um, was absolutely brilliant. Uh, they then uh, bought out the Dynacomp Mini, which again... If you're thinking of MXR pedals, if you ain't thinking of the Phase 90, you're probably thinking of the uh, of of the Dynacomp. They Dynacomp. also bought, yeah. They, so they also bought out the Vintage Bass Octave, which, <laughs> if I'm honest, I don't know. But um, I, I didn't even know they did one. Yeah. So apparently they have um, in a mini format, which so you, you've got to appease your your four-string counterparts, haven't you? Um, but then this is like the next one yeah. in, in, in that series. So um, Carbon Copy Mini. So your standard stuff that uh, the Carbon Copy's got. So three three knobs. Uh, and I th- I can't remember exactly what they call them, but it's essentially like repeats, time, uh, and feedback. I think one of them they call regen, but yeah. Uh, so it's essentially those. So you've got, a lot of um a, a lot of versatility with it a lot of tweakability um there's also the mod switch which is your kind of standard fare um so it adds a modulation to your repeats those who are um au fait with the the carbon copy will will know that already but the the kind of deal deal breaker for this one, which makes it almost like a must-have, is the fact that it's got a switch on it that allows you to change it between the standard and the bright uh, circuit. So you've got both of them in the one mini pedal? Both of them in that one mini pedal. That's a really good idea. That's kind of... You know, it adds that extra thing, you know, for those people that said, oh, the, the carbon copy was too dark... You yeah, can have yeah. either version at the flick of a switch. No, I'm a little bit controversially. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the darker version because the way that I use delay is very much not, the, not in the rhythmic kind of sense, and it's more of a ambient and space kind of, almost in place of the reverb, which I've mentioned many, many times before. We've, we've had our little, <laughs> we've had our little fights about this. We've had our our civil war, um, and now we've and now we've got onto the uh, the infinity war where we we're, we're bringing ourselves together, um, and believing that we we do have differences, but we can we can fight together to to defeat a purple bastard. Um, I, I think I might have <laughs> slipped off topic a little bit here. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, delay. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like <laughs> I, I I like the uh, the the kind of the darker 
uh, Dark Delights, but it, it then it gives you the option of of either then and essentially it's saving you a bit of cash having both in one circuit rather than just the one. Yeah. So, um, thinking about the the other uh, MXR MIDI pedals, they aren't terribly priced either. So they're they're no no not at all. They're around like your standard MXR pricing, kind of just pushing a hundred, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, but nothing ridiculous price. It's it's not like they break the bank, is it? No, not at all. And being a company like MXR, having been around for such a long time, and having those absolutely ubiquitous pedals like the Phase Ninety and the and the Dynacomp, um, yeah, it it makes it makes complete sense that they they can uh, they they could ask for for more, and they they're just they're happy to kind of serve both themselves and the customers uh, in keeping the prices reasonable. Uh, so yep. I, I was absolutely, uh, absolutely down with that. Next bit of news. I think um, mixed reception would be, would be generous to say. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, um, Fender, a, a company who make guitars. Um, first of all, um, they have uh, they've they've announced something coming from the I believe it's from the custom shop. Uh, it's a Game of Thrones inspired uh, series of guitars. So there's a, a series of three guitars. There's a Stratocaster. There's a Telecaster and a Jazzmaster. Um, where the tie-in between Fender and Game of Thrones comes in, I I do not know. <laughs> I I I've tried to come come at this link. I mean, I, 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 yeah, it, it, there's not really. There's, yeah, there's not really a link, is there? No, not at all, not at all. Um, but on top of that, as well, did you did you ever get to see the uh, the teaser trailer video for them? Hello. I've not seen the videos. All I've seen is photos and articles. Have, have you not? Right, so. The teaser trailer video has got three guitarists, and I think from the top of my head, it is Ian Scott, um, Nuno Betancourt, and Tom Morello. And they 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 play uh, the Game of Thrones theme tune on these uh, on these three guitars. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot of people... There's a lot of videos going around of people playing the Game of Thrones theme tune because, obviously, it's it's that time of year where it's the final ever season. Everybody's hyped for it and everybody just kind of seems to be trying to fit it into everything at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I've... Uh, 
I've been jumping on that bandwagon myself. Not not uh, on the bandwagon of like playing, uh, playing the Game of Thrones, uh, Thrones theme in 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 order to get people uh, like clicking the like and the subscribe because that's it's a bit cheap and it's just it it doesn't excite me at all. Um, but I've I've been like I've been jumping back on some of the old um, old episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, because as I was talking to you about before the cast, um, me and the missus got on, on the Game of Thrones uh, train very, very late. And we pretty much had to just cannonball seasons one through to, I think one through to six, we had to cannonball in like a, a yeah. month. So that was like watching multiple episodes every night. Um, and for those of you who uh, maybe don't watch Game of Thrones or those of you uh, who who are kind of casual watchers of it, they're, they're pretty fucking long episodes. So we're talking like almost an hour an episode. So that's like it's a, it's a big sink of time. Um, yeah. And I found that when we when we did that, it's it's such an intricate and it, like complicated it's a massive time sink so it, yeah it yeah it's it's it not only does it sink time but in terms of like trying to follow the story as well there's so many kind of interwoven um just intricacies and factions and and just uh, just the sheer amount of characters in the uh in the thing like the first watch through you get a basic overview of what's going on so we've we've gone back to the start um as well as watching the new stuff um and it's just it <laughs> um the, on a second watch through it makes so much more sense whipping it back round to the uh, the the fender custom shop stuff we've got We've got the three uh, three guitars. So we're going to start off with the Stark Tele. Yep. Uh, so the Stark Telecaster, Swamp Ash body, Sterling Silver Purfling. Um, so it's... Uh, I believe Very the, posh word. Indeed, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like fancy binding purfling is. Um, and apparently this is in the... in Inspired by Winterfell. Um... I mean, it's it's a Telecaster with a wolf drawn on it. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So we've got the Direwolf uh, sigil uh, yeah. on the first fret and on the pit guard as well. Um, is this the one that's just literally like uh, black and grey almost? Because I know there's one. I, what? I think is this not the na- is this not a natural finish with silver? Oh, is it okay over then. the top? I, I, I can't. I'm pretty sure, but I, w- I can't be certain. Yeah. So I mean, the, I've got photos of them somewhere. That that would be that would be helpful because I, I'm doing this from memory, and there's there's one that I can remember really well, which we'll talk <laughs> about a little bit later on, and the other yeah. two. I mean, considering the amount of money they are asking you to drop on these, oh, they're just. Yeah, so it's a a natural or a, or a very dark wood, but still kind of natural finish with a silver binding around the outside. Yeah, 
a scratch plate with a direwolf sigil, but the I mean, it's a very plain looking tally. It's not even like your normal natural wood finish. It's a very dark, almost greyish, but it's still a natural wood. I don't know whether you can see that. Yeah, 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 got that. Yeah, it almost looks like charcoal, doesn't it? It's... Yeah, it's kind of almost on the on the way sort of. So it's very basic, very functional, which I think sort of yeah. is how stark. They're not. They're, they're not. Nothing fancy about them. So I, I kind of understand it. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It, I, I, I certainly wouldn't pay that price tag for it. <laughs> so we ha- we haven't mentioned the price tag yet, but the price is uh, uh, twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. US dollars. So that's not even Ugandan dollars. <laughs> this is twenty five thousand dollars for what? I mean, what we've both kind of. <laughs> Look, uh, our, our comments have 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 been ones of apathy over anything else. It's been pretty yeah. much <sighs> so. <laughs> yeah, and and it's basically a custom shop telly, which you know you probably feel hard of paying three grand for a custom shop telly. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And, and this has got links to a TV show, so they've thrown twenty five grand on. Well. And, so it's sterling silver purfling around the outside. So it makes sense why it's why the why the price is a little bit more. But yeah, fuck but me, there's a, li- a little bit and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know we've we've criticised Gibson in the past for doing like links with whatever oh, they've yeah, done. Lexus and, was one, yeah, the one that yeah, they did. Yeah, and I mean, we said that was ridiculous. Yeah, and so again, this is the hammer swinging the other way, isn't it? This. Yeah, like Fender. Yes, I love Game of Thrones, so I'm I'm less angry about this than I am about Alexis Les Paul. But it's still stupid. It's still a pri- they, they 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 are literally like we had a comment on the live cast the other week that um, the what because uh, the Jimmy Page guitars were were just Fender doing something just so they could get a load of money. Yeah, yeah, just cashing it. We we kind of said. You know, they're not the only ones to do it, but this is this is literally just cashing in. Yeah, the basic swamp ash telly. Yeah, I think it's it's <laughs> it's very difficult to see it from any other angle, isn't it? Like they can they can spin the angle of oh, it's it's our tribute to a an iconic TV show. You like, yeah, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with guitars and. As far as I remember, I've I've not seen a Fender guitar in any one of the episodes. So no, they don't they don't have guitars in that universe. It's set in the middle, sort of set in the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and, so you know they've 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 had instruments, none of which have been branded because you know it's set in the fucking Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's set. It's, I mean, it's not only is it set in the Middle Ages, it's not even set in our <coughs> our world, universe. is it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and the, like. I know the TV show is, you know, it's it's done things where they've had like Coldplay were in it for the Red Wedding and yeah, Ed, yeah. Sheeran Ed Sheeran was, was in, in it, it yeah. and you know they've called back to that in this season and what have you. But just the, there's no, there's nothing. So this is literally just a cash in. There's, there's nothing linking. At least Jimmy Page played a Telecaster. I've not seen Jon Snow or Arya Stark play a telecaster in the in the tv show i mean tell me if i'm wrong but i don't remember that scene 
No, I don't think Ayu would, would play a Telecaster, to be honest. She'd play something fucking brutal, wouldn't she? <laughs> yeah. She'd probably play a headless base. Uh, if it's got no head, it can't have a face, can it? I suppose, I suppose, yeah. An unbranded, an unbranded base. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, fair play. Um, I was I was considering doing it in price order, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save the good the ones till last. Yeah, so we're gonna go with the, the Targaryen Stratocaster. So yeah. for those who aren't a fae with Game of Thrones, the blonde lady <coughs> who you see on all of the advertisements, the one who's always near a dragon. Yeah, it's dragon essentially lady. her. Yeah, dragon lady. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, n- no, uh, no surprises that this one comes in dragon scale. Uh, I assume it's carved, so it's yeah, obviously gonna gonna take a lot of time to do and blah, yeah, blah blah blah. Three headed dragon sigil on the first fret and maybe the fretboard as well. Yeah, it's 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 kind of you can't see the whole thing because obviously the, you've got the, the single coils and it's not quite the right shape, but it's sort of there on the pit guard. Yeah, is this the one with the brown pit guard or is this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, black this, body brown pit guard. Yeah. So this looked slightly. It looked slightly more interesting than the the start one because it's got the contrast. It's got the the texture of the body. Um. I mean, as a character, she's all right. Um, but I don't think I care too much about her signature Stratocaster. <laughs> no. Um. I don't know whether you've ever seen it, but did you see the Yuri Shishkov Fabergé egg inspired Stratocaster? I did not know. I, I have not seen so it. So about four years ago, they did this, but in blue. Okay. There's, there's a Fabergé egg that has the same kind of texture yeah, scaling um, with it's, it's a blue egg with gold around the center. And they did a guitar that was blue with gold, um, Gold hardware, and I think the scratch plate had like gold inlays yeah. and stuff. And so they've they've just used exactly the t- same techniques that they used on that ridiculous the template, <laughs> and they've just gone, oh, make it black and put a different scratch plate on it. And yeah, this one is the most expensive one. It this is, one's yeah. So this was thirty five thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, thirty five thousand uh, dollars. Which I assume the Fabergé egg one was not, but I. I don't know. I th- I think that was ridiculously priced as yeah. well. I can't remember. It's five or six years ago at this point. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that one as well. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. Black hardware on a black guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- exactly. It's just. Uh. Um. The final one, which it really makes me. It makes me angry and sad and just disappointed that it's the nicest looking of the the lot. It's a jazz master, so I don't. I, I, Jaguar. Uh, is it a jag? Oh yeah, of course it is. Sorry. So it's a jag, which, like straight off the bat, means that I don't really give two fucks about it. And it's it's a Lannister jag. Um. And Lannisters uh, are not the the most um, enjoyed family in in the Game of Thrones universe. They no, are I mean, 
there's two of them that I like, and like the the family as a whole, everybody hates. Yeah, um, you've got Tyrion, who everybody kind of enjoys, and yeah. Jamie Lannister is one of my favourite characters. He's he's very much the kind of archetypal Game of Thrones character in that he he should be hated because there's so much wrong with him, but he does so many different things across the seasons to make you think actually he's a good person inside yeah, it's just he's, he's how he's been brought up yeah he's not so much of a dickhead yeah um, yeah he's definitely done dickheady things and but he's also done the, the total opposite of dickheady things as well I mean he's he's been doing Cersei for fucking years so <laughs> he's been doing the worst things for a long time yes but then he, he stopped Brienne from being raped, so, you know... It swings and roundabouts, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> you know, he's, he's allowed to buff his own sister if he decides to stop other women getting raped. Yeah, uh, yeah Brienne <laughs> is... One cancels out the other. She She's a bit of a ledge as well. I do like yeah. Brienne. Although, Have you seen the m- most recent episode? Where she's been hit on by... Uh, I can't even remember his name. Tormund now. and... Uh, Jamie are both hitting on it. Tormund is the, the ginger beardy fella. Yeah, yes, it's 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 mainly him who is he, making essentially like medieval dick jokes <laughs> at her, isn't he? Just going like, it's you so, want yeah, it's just saying like I'd play with those fields for ten years or, or whatever he said to her, and she just she just looks over like seriously, what the fuck. But at the same time, he's brilliant. I love, I love Tormund. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's, he he doesn't give give two and, shit, and he's bragging about like a, a drinking giants giant titty milk. milk. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like just yeah, amazing. yeah. That's why I'm so big, <laughs> mate. Your what game you? is weak. Your game is weak. Um, yeah. yeah, so. The back back onto guitars rather than Game of Thrones because we could talk Game of Thrones for for donkeys, can we? Um, Lannister Jag, it's the most visually striking out the lot. It's gold uh, with a red with red accoutrements. It's like a red scratch plate. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think actually looking at the guitar, it's probably a red body with a lot of gold paint painting over the top. Okay, okay, and, okay. And the scratch plate is gold, and the you know the the Jaguar. Um, okay, the metal yeah, bits cool. of the Jaguar are gold and then okay, the, kind yeah. of, the red is kind of like the base colour and everything else has kind of been really well like there's intricate paintwork all over the top it's, it looks to me like paintwork anyway it might be inlaid as well I don't know but it, it's almost like they've they've done one of the banners you know how everybody has their banners Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. They've, they've painted the banner onto the guitar body yeah, so rather I... than just they're, they're saying it, that this one's um, this one's supposed to be inspired by the Red Keep uh, in King's Landing. Uh, it's twenty-four carat gold leaf as well, so would make sense the fact that it is a pricey guitar and the the, the intricacies of it as well. Yeah. I was I was just remembering it slightly different because. I, I managed to write this podcast <laughs> pretty much over a week ago. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you, thank you for reminding me of that one. Actually, yeah, it's it's very much where it's it's a red guitar with uh, with the the detail 
uh, in yeah. 24 karat gold. And I mean, the, the the details are fantastic. I mean, the headstock as well um, is just, again, it's a red background where I assume that's 24 karat gold leaf then. And the intricacies of how they've done the Fender Jaguar logo and incorporated that into this, this, the same kind of banner effect as well. Yeah. This one looks like it actually took a fuck ton of time to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no doubt they all take take yeah. a long time to do. Um, but out, out of the lot, this one's actually the the most visually striking, and the one that if I was going to be paying like upwards of like twenty odd k for a guitar, this is the one I'd probably want to have. And it makes me sad just because it's a Lannister guitar. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, very much so. And I assume they've chosen these three houses as kind of... They're the three options for who could be on the Iron Throne at the end. Unless the White Walkers win. <laughs> That'd be a big <laughs> big old uh, fuck well, you, wouldn't it? I, I, I kind of would just love for them to have ended it with just some random fucker that we've never seen before. Last second swoops in, Sweet wipes me. out everybody and just is... is, is yeah. Uh, and Fender go oh fuck we've got to make a guitar for him now <laughs> that's it that's it yeah I mean there are there are multiple houses that they could have gone for as well there's the Baratheons there's the Greyjoy yeah. you could even have, have like Dothraki that would have been quite I'd, I'd, I'd have liked a Dothraki guitar I, I think yeah kind of like leather bound and <laughs> like yeah just really really kind of rustic looking it would have been good yeah uh, it potentially led to some more interesting stuff than the Stark Telecaster <laughs> yeah but then that's the whole point the the Starks are meant to be the ones that you root for from the start because they got screwed over yeah it doesn't mean that I want a guitar made for them though because it's just and like like I, like I've mentioned, I like I'm a huge fan of uh, mainly just Arya because she's a little badass. <laughs> yeah, um, can't can't argue with that. And yeah, it's just it's always happy times when she's on the screen because she's she's just yeah, just badass. I just think is is the word for it. I'm I th- pretty sure my favourite bits of any of Game of Thrones have been the times when. Her and the hound were just, together. Yeah, just just chilling, just hanging out, <laughs> just being absolute, just social bastards. <laughs> yeah, they they that was a perfect duo. Like, I know I keep talking about the the show, and that's not what we're supposed to be doing, but just yeah, yeah Game be, of Thrones. Is be, awesome. Yeah, bear with us. I mean, you've sat through pretty much an hour of Variax chat in the past, <laughs> so <laughs> so. <laughs> it makes sense. I think I think we're probably going to wrap it there. To be honest, to be fair, we've got we've got another couple of news stories. But I think I think what we'll probably do is use use some of that on the uh, the live cast on uh, on Sunday, and I'll probably try and shoehorn it onto Game of Thrones chat again because who doesn't like that? It's, eh? it's, it's Game of Thrones is the. I, I understand if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you must be very pissed off at the moment because just, everybody who watches it is talking about it because it's 
it's one of those social events like Endgame, where yeah, everything yeah. has culminated in the current six week span that we're in of the the last six episodes. Just like the last ten years of films that have been pushed out in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is culminating in Endgame. It's called Endgame for a reason. Yeah, yeah, shit, mate. It's, uh, it 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 like literally from from the early stuff. It all points towards this one moment. So, if you have watched any of the biggest movies within the last ten years, you will you 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 pretty much. Pointing towards this moment, um, yeah. and I'm I'm not going to spoil any of it until Sunday, in which I'm going to do. Some, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be a bastard. That's that. That'd be no. horrible. No. Um, but what yeah. we need to do is set up a Patreon where we can put just a, a Avengers chat and Game of Thrones chat. And yeah, spoilers for <laughs> spoilers for all kinds of bullshit. Yeah, and just just talk about epic things that happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that will happen. Maybe it will. Um, but for now, I think we need to we need to wrap the wrap the episode. We're we're at an hour and ten ish. Uh, so that's that's a decent decent length, isn't it? It is. That's what, what she, she said. Way way. <laughs> uh, so. Um, <coughs> If you want to catch us online, you go uh, facebook.com. Um, you go into groups. You'll find us on uh, Fret Talk Podcast Group. Um, if you want to find me online, you go facebook.com slash budget pedal chap. You go instagram.com slash budget pedal chap. If you have not already, subscribe to the, the budget pedal chap YouTube channel. I am at 93 subscribers. I think at my last check and if I get up to 100 it will be youtube.com slash budget pedal chap and it will just make this outro <laughs> so much easier so help me help you and, and and also on top of that the content is actually quite good as well like not just so that you can get the URL go and watch the content because it's quite good you find out about like what I'd never heard of this t- Tony yeah. control is it? Tony, 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 yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony, Tony. 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 yeah, it's Italian. And he t- t- teaches you how to use that, and you get to hear wonderful pedals and get like little random blues lessons thrown in as well. And there's there's loads of great stuff. So go and go and watch the videos as well. Yeah, it's all free. I do I, I do it off my own back, um, and yeah, all I want is a custom URL. So make that happen for me. Make it happen. Um, if you want to catch Matt online, he he does so much stuff, so much stuff. So pretty much any any social media, heel underscore Matt Q, you will find Matt doing it. So you do Twitch streaming for your your gaming stuff. You're yeah. on Twitter as general yeah. kind of musings. Um, you're on the Bad Bookers podcast as their Matt Quine. <laughs> yeah, as the I Matt Quine. Yeah. Not only are you the Matt Coin of the Fret Talk podcast, you are the Matt Coin of the Bad Bookers podcast as well. Um, so there's that. Um, I extend just the the greatest thanks uh, to all of you listeners, and the the edit for this podcast will probably you'll probably notice there'll be some um, some weird jumpy sections and some uh, maybe maybe 
bits of silence uh, and that's because we've been having some mental um, internet issues tonight and we've just been fighting through it. Uh, so if I manage to edit it out where you can't hear that, wee! Um, but if you. If, if you if you do notice that, it's it's not that me and Matt are going off each other, it's the fact that um, the internet has not been kind to us this week. So No, it hasn't. Um, I, I extend... All of all of the thanks and the patience for you getting to the end of the podcast, um, yeah, and, and to us for, for getting to the end of the podcast as well. <laughs> oh, it's been a slog. Uh, it has, but we got there in the end. Yeah, and it's it's uh, no no matter what what technical shit we have to get through, it's just it's always enjoyable doing these podcasts. Uh, so I'm going to give a shout out to you as well, Matt. So thank you for making these podcasts possible because otherwise. I'd be sat in, sat in my, my living room just talking talking about Game of Thrones to myself. <laughs> Which I don't think anyone wants to hear. It'd be a bit weird. It would be, yeah, yeah. Might try it one week, see see what would happen. <laughs> we've got a, something a bit different. We've got episode 100 coming up, haven't we? Maybe that, that'll be the, God. the, the special, special episode. Budget pedal chap sits... Sits in his living room in his pants, <laughs> does talk, some ramblings, talking to himself about Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's us for the week. From myself, Mister Budget Pedal Chap, from the Matt Quine of podcasts, Mister Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Yay. It will be a goodbye and good night for this week. From goodbye this week for night. this week. Oh, I'm I'm fucked, mate. I can't even <laughs> can't even words anymore. Tura it's because I made you stay so late. Yeah, bye well, bye. it doesn't matter. So I, I I can do things and stuff. Tura <laughs> a bit, people. Tura. Tura. Diddle boo doo boo Pedal Chap is for Team Stark.